Good evening. Had two broadcasts yesterday. I mean, I did one at even later in the day and still wasn't early enough. It, it's incredible how quickly things change. And if you heard last night, I was talking about Wayne County. I was talking about Detroit. And I even might have called them brave. The two Republicans that essentially are election board members or canvassers. There's four total. In Wayne County, there's two Republicans and two Democrats. And in an unprecedented move, the two Republicans refused to certify the Wayne County vote. A lot of votes, includes Detroit. They said there were irregularities. There were discrepancies. They cited 71% of their ballot books not being right. That's quite a bit. Uh, in layman's terms, you could say that is a majority, 71%. We're still doing this out of 100% last I checked. Not 10 minutes after I uploaded the podcast, those two spineless, milk toast Republicans folded. Now, I'll give them a little leeway. They folded after receiving threats, after being doxxed, after being attacked by your typical left-wing nutcases. And there's a few by name. We'll talk about Ned Stabler first. Ned Stabler is your typical radical leftist entrenched in blue Detroit. Says in his LinkedIn profile he's a CEO of something. Who knows what it is. But he's uh, in the academic world. He's a guest professor. So, you, you know, clearly he's super-duper smart. And this insane individual goes on a Zoom call where these... These four canvassers were present, the two Republicans included, and accuses them of being racist, uh, threatens their reputation uh, long-term, talks about how their lives will never be the same and how they will carry the stain of racist Trump forever. He was followed by a local elected official who did the same thing and even invoked their children and said they would live a life of misery and that when these two Republicans died, they would be in front of their maker. Uh, I think they he said they'd be warm and, you know, inferring that they were going to hell. So these two TDS-infected, complete jerk-offs did what the left always does. They can't win in the arena of ideas, so what do they do? They destroy the messenger because they can't handle the message. These two individuals were absolutely justified in refusing to certify the vote in Detroit. And this isn't the end. This was definitely something that could have moved a overturn of the Michigan vote sooner. This could have made it simpler for the Trump team. But the attacks were heavy. And this is another example of why we cannot let these people do this every time. And they will do it every time. And we have to stand up. These, these two lawn chairs who folded weren't going to lose their jobs they were going to receive accusations from people that were already racist. These individuals are racist. All they talk about is race. All they talk about is tribalism, like any radical leftist does. They are the racists. They are hyper-focused on race and gender. They don't see people for really who they are, for their ideas, for their potential. They just see them as, they, as a picture, really as an opportunity, as someone that can be exploited. And if you happen to not be in a category, uh, a minority category that these scumbags value at the moment, 
then they will turn on you and label you a racist, label you a bigot, a homophobe, a sexist, as soon as you don't fall in line. And that's what happened to these two Republicans. And unfortunately, after only a few minutes, it seems, they folded and they certified an election that they do not have confidence in, that has major discrepancies. And they even said, well, we'll do this, but with the caveat that there'll be some type of audit. But it's really not an election audit. They just want some assurances that these elections will get a better look and have uh, better security and better procedures next time. So they just washed, right? They rolled over out of fear of being labeled a racist. Guess what? They're labeled already. These individuals will use this as an opportunity in the future to say, see, you admitted it. You folded. We were right. You know you were being racist. You are a racist. It's not like you gain anything with these people. All you do is lose your position. You, you lose your pride. You lose on behalf of the people that entrusted you to safeguard an election. And you're still carrying the scarlet letter R that these scumbags feel is their right and their privilege to lay on anybody. And they did it to these two. And they're going to be doing it to all of us when we challenge them in the future. We've got to continue to do it. And we can't do what these two people did. We can't fold. Consider the source. If they're calling you a racist, understand that it's them projecting. They know what they are. Don't let them leverage you like they leverage these two individuals. Um, and again, I mean... This isn't the end. The lawsuit's going to go forward. It's clearly an indication that there were problems in Detroit, in Wayne County, the largest voting county, the county that happened to have late night, early morning ballot dumps in the over 100,000. And that is going to be a big part of the Dominion case, a big part of future uh, soon-to-be lawsuits that disclose uh, massive, massive fraud. And, and we can only hope we're still in that position that the Trump team has the proof. Like I said last night, Lynn Wood, uh, Sidney Powell are extremely confident. And we do now have uh, an update via uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So they have agreed to hear Rudy Giuliani. Rudy will be uh, prosecuting and bringing this case to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. What they've done, and I think this is smart, and I believe this is under advisement from Rand Paul, who said, take a sample right? Find a sample. Don't try to get access to hundreds of thousands of votes. What the team did, what Rudy's team did in Pennsylvania is they've got access to 8,000 votes. And these were absentee mail-in ballots that had major problems, uh, signature issues, lack of signatures, no address, wrong envelopes, clearly indicating either impropriety or just an absolute disregard for how the mail-in process and absentee process is supposed to go. So they're taking these 8,000 ballots, the evidence that they have procured from these 8,000 and making a case to throw out hundreds of thousands of votes that have the same discrepancies. And so this is going before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, tomorrow. And so today is uh, Wednesday, November 18th. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, November 19th, you will, um, you will get some news and hopefully the Pennsylvania Supreme Court makes the decision it should and upholds the law of the land. And if we go back, we know the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania, like any Secretary of State of any of these states, had no right to change election law in coordination with her own office or with any judicial body. That falls on the state legislature. That is the Constitution of Pennsylvania as directed by the United States Constitution. So Rudy's got himself a case. Now the Pennsylvania Supreme Court 
like many of these rock-solid blue Supreme Courts, might legislate from the bench, might decide that bad, you know, orange man is bad and rule against Rudy. No problem. He's going to appeal it to the Supreme Court. This will be one of the cases going. They're going to need to overload it a bit to show the Supreme Court that there is a systemic problem. One or two cases won't cut it. The Supreme Court won't take um, anything that might require them to essentially change the outcome of the election by giving the election back to the state legislators to pick their electors and taking it away from these uh, from the voters in these states because these elections are deemed fraudulent and um, improper. So the Supreme Court knows if it takes these cases, they're going to have to rule that way or not. There's no in between. So they won't take the case unless they have something compelling and in good numbers. And so this will be one of them. I'm saying this because I anticipate I will be shocked if tomorrow we find the Pennsylvania Supreme Court rules in favor of Giuliani's team and in favor of President Trump and says, you're right, based on these samples, these votes need to be audited. It would be a, a ton. It would be fantastic. These votes under proper supervision and auditing will not hold up. And they heavily favored Joe Biden. They were the reason he won tenfold. It would eviscerate his lead and it would give the state to President Trump. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court knows this. So I'm, I'm highly doubtful that they are going to root, uh, rule in Trump's favor. But we shall see again. The goal, if they don't, is we, we our team, we appeal to the Supreme Court. And I know Rudy's prepared to do that. He's probably anticipating that he's going to have to do that, knowing that a lot of these state courts are extremely liberal. And liberal is an understatement when you're dealing with anything that would rule in favor of President Trump. They're just not going to do it. Let's go back to Georgia. Uh, now we're up to at least four human error instances in the state of Georgia that I know of. Um, there's been another one in another Georgia county. Um, it was 9,626 extra votes for Biden, right? So he had this total vote count. It was like 9,626 to less than 100 for Trump. When they fixed it, they looked at this error. This was, I believe it was DeKalb County, looking at my notes. Instead of over 9,000, it went down to 1,081 for Biden and 13 for Trump. So not only did they lose a boatload of votes in that, in that dump, in that almost $10,000 voting tranche, uh, it went down to 1,081 for Biden, 13 for Trump. That's a 99.9% share for Biden. They compared it to elections around the world and in global history. Uh, Biden did as well as Kim Jong-un did in his elections. Like only dictator dictators who clearly cheat hit the mid-90s and above in their elections. So Biden's in great company. Uh, this is not a lock stock piece of evidence that proves anything other than Georgia is totally screwed up. Uh, if you turn on the TV and, and you see any news out of Georgia, you'll see mobs of people gathering there. Uh, good old Alex Jones was there today. People do not like how uh, the Georgia election smells. The governor, Kemp, is hiding under his desk still. But the legal case led by Lynn Wood, we talked about a little bit last night. Homeboy's breaking it down there. He is going to not only prosecute the Dominion software case, but he's going after what he believes are fraudulent ballots that were filled out by machine. So although this recount going on in Georgia is not an audit as it should be, and their state senators in Georgia are going for that, this is basically just a pure recount 
they're still seeing the paper ballots. And you have multiple poll watchers on record saying that they're noticing ballots filled out as if they were filled out by a machine. Perfect circles repeated in ballot boxes full of votes that heavily go for Joe Biden. There have been some crazy stats where the poll watchers who are able to see anything are reporting 80 plus, 90 plus percent of these ballot boxes being counted, looking as if they were filled out by a machine. And these are mail-in votes. Okay, these are votes that are supposedly filled out by hand by a voter and then mailed in heavily, ridiculously heavy for Biden and filled out as if they were filled out by a machine. And then you talk to these observers who are catching these things. We talked about the one last night, I believe I did, who had somebody in three minutes call out three votes mistakenly for Biden that were actually for Trump. Found out today that these observers, there's only one of them for every 10 tables. So you have 10 tables with multiple people counting. You've got one observer trying to catch everything at these 10 tables. That's not possible. And I believe it's set up to be that way so they can they know what they want to get away with. These verbal call-outs, they're going quick. Biden, Biden, Trump. How does one person observing 10 groups of people catch anything significant? The answer is they can't. So that's just an interesting stat for you. Think about those poor people trying to save an election, responsible for uh, observing the operations of 10 voting tables, 10 counting tables going on in a room full of people. And some of them are heroes. They're, they're going on the record. They're signing affidavits to um, sworn testimony to what they're seeing. And what they're seeing is extremely bad. Every one of these states where Trump has a legal team, all these battleground states, you're hearing about triple-digit declarations or affidavits, both of which come under penalty of perjury if they're not true. Triple digits for all these states. They're collecting them every minute, it seems like. It's at some point, this evidence is going to go before the right legal body. Essentially, that needs to be the Supreme Court. Let's take a trip over to Wisconsin. Uh, new on Gateway Pundit and a number of sites, Wisconsin's Elections Commission, after seeing Trump's recount objections, is trying to change the recount manual at an emergency meeting tonight, that's November 18th, to make objections harder to make. So if you saw today, Trump has spent $3 million out of the campaign to mandate a recount in two counties in Wisconsin, which is legal if you're paying out of pocket. Now you've got the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Imagine the people that sit on that bad boy, this group of faux patriots getting together in the dark of night, trying to change the rule book after Trump's legal team followed the established rules of the land per their elections commission. They're now trying to change the manual so as to make it more difficult for Trump's legal team to make their legal objection and demand a recount out of their own finances. This is unbelievable, and it's happening tonight. It's probably already happened. It's 8.49 p.m. Eastern right now. So these people, if they're successful, they're now going to have a manual that changes the game and probably forces Trump's team to resubmit the lawsuit, probably edit what they've submitted based on the new rules if they can pull this off. I'll be watching this. But again, if you've got nothing to worry about, and you conducted such a fantastic fraud-free election like the mainstream press is going to tell you occurred, if you got nothing to worry about, why are you meeting in the dark of night, having an emergency meeting to change the rules, to make it more difficult for your opponent 
to take legal action. These are not the actions of innocent individuals. And this is just part of a long list of reactive, guilty actions by commissions like this, by people like this, all over the country in battleground states. We can tell by their behavior something is up. And this is just another pretty incredible example. I, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it, and I'll probably have an update tomorrow. Uh, I imagine there will be news as if, to, as, you know, to if they pulled this off. They shouldn't, but we will see. Um, when you're dealing with these states, you're dealing with the county level, you're dealing with all kinds of corruption, hence the existence of a Supreme Court. We're going to need, I can't say it enough, ruling from them uh, dictating how this election is going to be resolved. Uh, Dick Morris, who I find to be incredibly uh, uh, valid in his assessments of this election so far, Dick Morris uh, goes back a long time. You might remember the name. He was actually on the Clinton administration as their conservative advisor. He's been a pundit for years. Uh, he said to Newsmax, Georgia may well be overturned. So um, that is breaking from about 30 minutes ago. If you look at the sum total of what's going on in Georgia, you're seeing videos uh, of votes being found in a back room. There was one today that President Trump retweeted. It was his only, I believe, tweet as of a few hours ago. Trump retweets this video of a poll worker um, stacking boxes in what I believe was Fulton County, which is a shady one. And in Fulton County, this guy in a suit's in the back grabbing boxes of votes that they forgot to count. They're taped up. They were stacked in a room with a door marked authorized personnel only. And one of the Republican poll watchers had her cell phone, had her smartphone out videoing. And I don't think these people have come to grips with how the world is working these days. The back room shady business that they've gotten away with for years, it doesn't work anymore. Everybody's carrying a camera. Everybody in these scenarios, are they're legally protected to film you, to ask you questions, to follow you if you're acting suspicious. That is the point of being a watcher. And uh, unfortunately, some of the legal rulings you're going to hear about are saying, well, yeah, although they were forced to be 30 feet away and use binoculars, they were allowed in the room. And so these leftist courts, Pennsylvania had some, you know, penny any ruling today where they said, well, they were, you know, and they, they rejected the motion to throw out ballots because the Republicans were barred from observing, which we know when you're forced to be 30 feet away and use binoculars, you're not allowed to observe. But they went with the technicality and said, well, they were allowed in the room. And they threw out the motion. That one, I think, can be also appealed to the Supreme Court. But coming back to Georgia, just like in any of these places, they got ballots everywhere. They're finding them everywhere. Georgia finds memory cards with ballots on it. It seems every 20, 30 minutes. Oops, look, it was human error, though. That's why it wasn't uploaded the first time around. And we have yet, we have yet to have one of these memory card found ballot instances go in favor of Joe Biden. Every time mysterious votes show up on someone's flash drive that apparently was just still attached to their damn car keys, the votes go in favor of Biden. Oops, looks, we missed that one too. So I just have a feeling now that they're finding boxes of votes in a back room. I wonder, since these are hard copy votes, maybe these are the ones that favor Joe Biden. Because they certainly did when these boxes were brought in to these counting stations all over the country in the dark of night, in the wee hours of the morning, those votes, those votes, almost 100% of them in each load were for Joe Biden. 
it's amazing that in my lifetime, I've never seen an election where votes were released and counted and tallied 100% for a candidate. Where do they come from? How are they sorted? It, it's not possible. We know why. We know they cheated and they got caught. And now they're scrambling to change the environment to protect themselves in a hope that they can just block evidence from getting to the source where it needs to go, from getting to the courts that need to see it, and they run out the clock, they get to certification day, which is December 14th for all the states. And what they're hoping is for the whole election to get certified as is now because they've pressured people and delayed people just as they did in Wayne County. So Wayne County, the the two Republicans that folded that were attacked that were pressured, that's a microcosm of what these people are going to try to do in all of these battleground states. Now they're dealing with heavy hitters on the Trump team. They're dealing with brave people who by the hundreds have gone on the record. A few of them will cave. That's going to happen between now and then. As these legal cases are brought to courts, names are going to be revealed and the Democrats and the left are gonna do what they do. They are going to viciously attack these people. They're going to call them. They're going to go on social media, tag them, say horrible things about them, and make threats that they are going to ruin their lives and rue the day they dared question the Democrat Party. They dared question the radical left. That is coming. Prepare for that. And these people are going to have to hold out, and I hope they do. It's the only way we start defeating uh, these groups, these thugs, is by standing up to them and not letting them leverage fear of being labeled as something like a racist when we know we are not. That is psychotically wrong, and these are mentally unstable people that do it, but they've been feeding off each other for four or five years now. They can't, they can't see right from wrong. They have, they're nothing like what they ever might have used to have been. These are just simply not good people. Anyone that would try to destroy someone simply for disagreeing with them frankly doesn't deserve to be an American that goes against everything we stand for and as a veteran, it goes against everything I fought for. And it's disgusting. We've got to stand up to it because they are bullies. And that is the only way you're going to defeat these people. In the coming days, and I say the next two to three, we're, we're going to come down to it, right? This is, this is when it gets real. This is where, you know, to take a cheap saying, the rubber meets the road. And the Trump team has to start landing punches. Time is short. And we're hitting the Thanksgiving holiday next week. That's going to be a short week. Courts are going to be closed. People aren't going to be working. The Trump team has worked round the clock 24-7. Unfortunately, the agencies that they've got to go through to get to the Supreme Court will not. They're not going to be working those days. So they've got to do something big this week to set in motion what's going to essentially happen the week after Thanksgiving because that's the critical week. By my estimation, the first week of December is the week they've got to be in the Supreme Court litigating these fraud cases, litigating the Dominion systems, Smartmatic, fraudulent ballots, vote dumps in the middle of the night, affidavits and declarations from witnesses attesting to the disgusting fraud that they saw. And if they have to call these witnesses, these brave patriots have got to go. They've got to, under oath, share what they've seen, share what they saw, describe their experience in detail. And it's got to come from multiple states. The Supreme Court must be compelled to send this election to the state legislators because they will need to see 
that no one can trust these elections in states like Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and oh, by the way, Nevada. Nevada is going to start heating up. I'll certainly have another update for them as well tomorrow. Last I saw, the legal team, and it's got some tremendous volunteers. You got, you've got people that have been former attorney generals of Nevada on Trump's legal team, in addition to the heavy hitters that the campaign hired. You got great people volunteering. One individual, he did a quick press conference today. You can tell he's not used to it. He was nervous. He had a stack of 400 signed declarations accusing fraud and impropriety in Nevada. Nevada is starting to smell big time the closer we get to it. Lots of corruption being, uh, being described uh, in detail. And again, 400 people have signed under penalty of perjury, put their name on the line, put their lives on the line to state without a doubt that there is something wrong in Nevada, that there has been fraud committed. That's a lot of people. What we know now, we know it happened. And I'll close with this. I have no doubt now. I, when I started talking about this last week, when I launched this podcast, I was certain something was up, but I didn't know what to be certain of. Then as we follow the news sources that frankly are doing the best they can to share real data, real time, this is becoming something now we know happened. Regardless of the outcome, we know the depths the left, the radical left will go to gain power and to keep power. We know they've done it before. There's going to be ample evidence presented that previous elections, not just around the world, not just in banana republics, but in the United States, were stolen. That these Dominion systems, that these computers designed specifically to change elections in places like Venezuela, these programs were used here. And it's such a fantastical, out-of-this-universe accusation, it makes it easy to be dismissed. And that's why the mainstream press is ignoring the story because it's easy to ignore. It is Alex Jones tinfoil hat stuff on the surface, right? When you, when you really digest it, it's hard to believe. It's like something from those old email forwards you would get from your great aunt, right? And it's like, look, Hillary Clinton's an alien. I mean, I could sell that, actually. Maybe that wasn't the best example. But you remember those. And you've got the, you know, the crazy cousin or brother that's telling you Tom Cruise is actually 300 years old because he has access to alien technology. I mean, he does his own stunts, and it's pretty impressive. And I think he's like 60. But I doubt it's because he has alien technology. It's probably got something to do with some laser skin technology. Who knows what he has access to. But I'm going to start listening to those guys. I want to read some email forwards now because what have I missed? Because I believe this happened. And I think it's okay for you to believe it too based on what we've talked about. It's ridiculous that Joe Biden was able to win. He's a potato. Nobody was voting for him. You look at bellwether counties, counties that predict the presidential winter winner every year. There's 14 of them. There's a great statistical analysis out there for everyone to see. Every year a president has won going back a few decades. I mean, a few, like seven. 
They've won at least 12 of these 14 counties. Year after year, this president wins 12. Nixon wins 13. Reagan, Carter, 12, 13, 14. No less than 12 out of these 14. You know how many of those counties Joe Biden won? He won one out of 14. One. This isn't a coincidence. Just like the near 100,000 votes he got in Georgia with only his name marked compared to Trump's 800. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence that every president, except for Kennedy, everyone who has won Florida and Ohio wins the election. Trump slaughtered in Florida and Ohio, but just this time he lost. Crazy. He also wiped out in Iowa, just crushed Biden. But the rest of the Midwest, Michigan, Wisconsin, they just decided they were going another way. That Trump's momentum that just created a complete slaughter in Florida, in Ohio, in Iowa, and other states, Texas, where it was going to be close, wasn't even. That momentum just stopped when you went north of Ohio, when you left Iowa. No way. We can go down the list. There's tons of statistical anomalies that occurred here. There are too many to be believed. Don't. They stole it. We are going to learn more precisely how they did it soon. I will update you every chance I get. I should have two tomorrow. Again, it is the evening of no, of Wednesday, November 18th. Thank you again for tuning in. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being a part of this really this movement. We have new listeners every day, new additions to the downloads every day. If you get on any websites and have a chance to rate us, please, I'd appreciate anything in the neighborhood of five stars, any comments, any recommendations. We're looking forward to getting better. I will continue the analysis. I will continue to share with you uh, what I think. And if you have something specific you want us to cover, the email is eipnet one seven seven six at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and you have a wonderful evening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.